Hello, Tea Crew, and welcome to this brand new episode of Tea Talk with Shaw. Today, we're going to be getting into all the topics all over social media and the internet, and we're also going to be getting a deep dive into the NBC Bravo lawsuit. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, T-Crew, let's get straight into the topics here. There's a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Also, I am recording on location today, so if there's any background noise, it is not my fault. I am not home today, but I could not skip another week without giving you guys a new episode, so bear with me. I think the audio quality should be pretty decent, though. All right, let's get into this first topic here. Lizzo allegations update, all right? So we all know, per the mini sip, the allegations that were uh, forged against Lizzo by her dancers and also Lizzo's dance captain was named in that lawsuit. And, um, you know, she's still part of it. Additional dancers have come forward to corroborate the claims of the first two dancers. So they're citing exhaustion, they're citing unfair treatment, they're citing inappropriate workplace, um, all the things that the first two dancers also alleged. Now, while while all this has been unfolding, Lizzo has came back and made a statement for herself. She said that, you know, this is completely untrue. Um and that she has not done anything improper with anyone that works with her. And she is working with her legal team, um, you know, to get their defense together to ensure that her side of the story can be told. Okay. Now, some of the feedback and like blowback from this situation is that allegedly Lizzo is no longer being content, um, considered for the Super Bowl performance that's coming up in February of 2024. So she was on that short list of those that were, um, they were thinking about asking for the Super Bowl. Um, And Made of America, the festival that usually happens in September um, in Philly, has been canceled and she was supposed to headline that as well. Um, This is unfortunate all the way around, right? I don't want to discount what the dancers have said because there have been so many of them at this point that have come forward. I was watching TGIF at per usual. <laughs> Shout out to TGIF. And Al made a good point. He's like, there are existing dancers that are still sticking with Lizzo. I want to hear from those dancers. You know, I want to hear what they have to say, what their version of events was, because they were there as well. And I want to know what they have to say when it comes to these allegations. Now, I think this would be particularly insightful because I want to know from somebody that was there, you know, not somebody who's potentially trying to win a lawsuit, right? Because something else that dawned on me, not only are these stories potentially true, but a lot of these women will not work again. You know, they are putting it all on the line to ensure that they get justice, right? So with these kind of claims against Lizzo, they really may not work again. And you know, if you're not going to work again, you're going to try to get the highest settlement possible and you're going to try to go for the jugular as far as the details so you make sure you get that good settlement amount. Not saying that it's not true, but I am saying that once you really come out, you have to come out with everything in order to get a judgment that's probably going to float you for the next two or three years if you can't get jobs working for somebody else, right? 
So this is why I want to hear it from the dancers that are sticking with Lizzo, you know, impartially as much as they can be. What happened? You know, and even from Lizzo, like this is what they're saying. What happened in on that night in Amsterdam? What happened at that particular rehearsal where somebody had to go to the bathroom on themselves? You know, what was going through your mind? What was the situation like? Give us some context. We don't want to believe you're a monster, but things are definitely adding up into the wrong way of thinking for her. And I just want to see her. I'm glad she made a statement, right? Because I don't want to see her get steamrolled. But at the same time, it's like if you were using body positivity as a way to push your music when you don't really feel that way, that is that's damning. That's damning information on Lizzo's side. So it's like, we really need to hear <laughs> from everybody involved. So we know what's going on. You know what I mean? All right. I'm gonna keep you guys posted on that. Hopefully we can hear more from the people in the vicinity, maybe not even dancers, maybe even a tour um, manager or somebody who's like, yes, I work with her. I likely won't work with her again. I'm just trying to get the opinion and the perspective of somebody who was there, but that's not going to get a huge settlement out of it, you know, and I just have to be honest, you know, the settlement money could persuade people to embellish, not to say that it never happened. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Because I'm not on the dancer side and I'm not on Lizzo's side. I feel like I'm right in the middle on this. I want whoever is right to win and whoever is not right, you know, to not win. So I don't have a dog in this fight, but I really feel as though that's some information that we would need to really make a judgment call. You know what I mean? So we'll see who they call to testify. All right. You guys really wanted to talk about this topic. So let's get into it. Krishan Rock being on baddies pregnant. Um, so we all know Krishan Rock is pregnant allegedly with Blueface's child. That would be his third, her first. And she is filming not one, but two reality shows in this pregnant state. So the first reality show that she filmed that's already being um, aired is Crazy in Love 2. This is her reality show with Blueface where they talk about their relationship. So she's about, I think it's said three months pregnant, um, three or four months pregnant while she's filming that reality show, which is, you know, from the clips very stressful, very chaotic, definitely not something that you should be doing um, while pregnant because it just does not seem like something that is going to give life to your child. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that does not seem like the kind of thing that's really going to, you know, make you succeed <laughs> in this situation. You know what I mean? So that's one. And then the second reality show that she's filming are the uh, is Baddies East. So Natalie Nunn released the cast of Baddies East and Krishan is on it. And then, of course, I don't know what kind of gag order Zeus has, but they literally never stick to it. Everything that happens in this show, we know it's being filmed because they're posting about it. Stuff is leaking online. We, we're seeing the fights before we even see them on the um, on the show. You know, it's just like it's wild um, because people go live after these fights, after these things occur, people go live and it's just, you know, everything gets out early. So basically the baddies are in 
Baltimore. The first stop is Baltimore, Baddies East, because as you know, some of you may know, now it's basically like Bad Girls Club that travels. So Natalie is taking the girls all up and down the East Coast, um, and the first stop is Baltimore. So it looks like, although she's not an official member of the cast, one of Krishan's sisters, Takashi, is... um, with them. I don't know if it's because they're in Baltimore. I don't know if it's, I don't know, whatever. I don't know what it is. And they get into a sisterly argument. Krishan um, then gets into it with a couple of the other people and they ended up fighting her sister, right? So we have that going on. And now we're just half the presses. Whoa, Vicky, another cast member has uh, filed a um, criminal lawsuit against uh Krishan for fighting her and this would have been when Krishan was pregnant so I guess something happened with Will Vicky um either leaving Baltimore or going to the new place or in Baltimore and now Will Vicky um has had her on you know got her locked up on criminal charges for assault lord so I don't know if Krishan is in custody right now but the lawsuit from Will Vicky has surfaced and you know She's going to have to now deal with this. She caught another case by being on Baddies East. Now, I don't agree with a lot of things that Blueface says, basically nothing. But I do agree with the fact that she should not be doing a reality show, not his and hers or Baddies East, um, because of her complex thoughts about her pregnancy. You know, even somebody going into this with the best idea of pregnancy, with, you know, the most hopefulness in the world. I mean, we witnessed in the clips and on the show of Krishan asking the technician who did her ultrasound if three and a half months was too late to have an abortion. She really doesn't know or didn't know at the time what she really even wanted to do. And then to do two reality shows on top of that, that's just a lot. I mean, obviously she's still pregnant. She's going to keep the child. Um, and she's made that decision. But at this point, because remember the show was filmed months ago, Um, and so now she's, she's darn near ready to pop. I think she's like a month away from her due date now, but the show was filmed months ago. So it's like, okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a lot to watch her kind of go through these things pregnant. And I just don't think that baddies is the place for her to be, obviously based on the lawsuit and everything else that's going on. It's a show where people fight each other. If you're pregnant, you got to sit down. That's just kind of it, you know? People always say, you know, being pregnant doesn't stop a bag. It stops a bag if you are fighting all the time. Because her thought, I'm sure, is I could go to these bookings, but I'll make more money if I'm on baddies as I travel to these bookings. But now you caught a case. This still isn't good for the baby because it's just too much pressure on you. And you're getting up and performing. And it's just like you're going back to the hotel, to the house, wherever you're going. And it's just all this stress on you. You never get any relief from everything that's going on around you. You know what I mean? And I just don't think that's good for somebody who's pregnant. You know, I just think it's just not where it needs to be. God forbid somebody swing back on you. Then you go into early labor or something like that. Like, we don't need these kind of problems, Krishan. Like, I hate to be the one to tell you to sit down, but you're pregnant. You got to sit down. (laughs) I know you want to make your own money and be independent and all that stuff. There's so many ways to make money these days. You have the name. You can start doing bookings. You can start getting advances on those bookings or whatever you need to do. Your manager can figure all that out. But for you 
the main focus should be staying in a good mindset, staying calm, staying relaxed, and getting ready to have a healthy baby. Like that should be it, you know? Everything else is noise. Just my opinion. All right, let's get into the next topic here. Magoo died. Magoo of the legendary group with Timbaland died at 50 years old. You know, we hate to see it. Producer, super producer, Timbaland, of course, everybody knows him from working with, you know, Genuine, Aaliyah, Justin Timberlake, Nelly Furtado, Missy Elliott. The list goes on and on and on. <clears throat> but ne- uh, Neo, wow. <laughs> but Timbaland used to be in a group and that group was with Magoo and he they had hits together and everything. And he was just known um, for being that cool rapper with the Kangol hat. Uh, he will truly, truly be missed and um, definitely want to take a moment to uh, send him some well, his family some well wishes and wish that he rests in peace um, for his contribution to hip hop and just, you know, being who he was. Speaking of hip hop, the next topic here, hip hop is turning 50 or it just turned 50 August 11th. Nineteen seventy-three, hip hop was born in the Bronx, New York. DJ Cool Herc and his sister threw a party, and at that party, hip hop was born. And so we are celebrating hip hop and hip hop culture, fit turning fifty years. So there's been tons of stuff that's been going on. Um, I know Friday in Yankee Stadium, they had a huge eight-hour. <laughs> imagine, right, y'all? An eight-hour concert sponsored by Mass Appeal, um, that literally went on. I think it, the D, Run DMC was the final performer. And I think they were on till like 2 a.m. or so. It was an eight hour concert. <laughs> if you're interested, Mass Appeal still has the playback on their channel. I would definitely, um, go check that out. Cause it was an awesome concert. Fat Joe was there. Ashanti, all the legends, Slick Rick, uh, Dougie Fresh, Nas did a set, Lauren Hill was there. I'm trying to think. Lupe Fiasco, Lil Wayne, Snoop Dogg, Scarlet, Flo Millie. It was just, it was wild. <laughs> there were so many people there, but it was such a good show. I wish they would have had the mics more on point because they had so many people come and do little features. I think Derek Jeter was even there. Randomly, Kid Capri brought out Derek Jeter. I'm like, what? <laughs> what does him playing for the Yankees have to do with hip hop? I don't know, but <laughs> Derek Jeter was there. Um, and he still looked good too. Shout out to Derek Jeter. He looked good, you know? He's up there sporting. Hey, listen, if people want to see him, I get it. It's lit. He was probably just there enjoying himself. And Kid Capri's like, come up on stage, Derek Jeter. You part of New York. You part of the legacy. So I don't know. I can't. I'm I'm New York adjacent, but I'm not a New Yorker. So I don't I don't know how these things go. Um, but he was there, happy to see him still looking fine, enjoying retirement. But it was just, you know, every they had like um J- Chuck Schumer dedicated, you know. August 11th as like the official birthday of hip hop. So that was cool. And they saved some of the buildings. I think where hip hop was um, created, they were able to save that building um, and preserve it as a piece of American history, which I think is completely correct. 
Um, so much of our culture now comes from hip hop and that building should not be torn down. It should definitely be preserved for future generations. So I was happy to see Chuck Schumer step in and do the right thing there. And then of course, the people that had to put that in place to even get his attention, right? Before he could come in and save everything, somebody had to put the petitions together, the grants together and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, shout out to them for doing all that work. But yeah, hip hop is 50. Oh, also, I want to talk about the Netflix documentary, The Ladies of Hip Hop. So as you know, people were kicking up about this documentary because it was about hip hop um, and women in hip hop. And Nicki Minaj was not in it. Little Kim was not in it. Um, Foxy was not in it. Nikki, uh, Cardi B wasn't in it. So people were just like, why do we keep having these projects without specific people that have to be in the projects? Well, Netflix kicked back. I think I already talked about this in my stories on Instagram, but Netflix kicked back and they basically said, you know, we ask for people's permission. We ask for the rights to videos and music so we can put together an appropriate documentary. We can't put a documentary together if we don't have all the information right? So this is why some of your faves were not in it. Some of the clips were not cleared. Some of the flow, you know, um, some of the flows, some of the um, videos were not cleared. So they were not able to show everything. They were only able to show specific clips. Nicki Minaj, I watched all three parts, I believe, or four parts. Nicki Minaj was in it. She was mentioned quite a bit. Um, but you know, they probably reached out and she chose not to directly participate, probably because Remy Ma was featured in the documentary and, you know, she was filmed for the documentary. She came and sat and gave her words as well as her music was in it, um, you know, and that probably just rubbed Nikki the wrong way. I'm not sure why Cardi didn't do it um, or Little Kim, but they had a lot of people that did it. Uh, DJ Shah Rock, one of the originals was there. Uh, Misa Hilton came and talked about the fashion. Um, Queen Latifah, MC Light. They had one lady, I wish I could remember her name. She was a particular historian of hip hop. Drew Dixon, she was one of the um, early producers of hip hop trying to think of other people but I think you guys should really watch the documentary it's not what you think I think they did a good job of repping Nikki they bigged her up they talked about her it wasn't like she was a race in the documentary but she didn't give clearance she didn't give clearance you know she gave clearance for that video game I don't know like people give clearance what they want to give clearance for we can't you know we're not privy to why she gave clearance to one thing and not the other you know all right, let's get into our last topic here. Bobby Adolf, Adolf, I think it's pronounced, versus Drake. Now, Bobby is the young Caucasian lady who does interviews where she's kind of like uninterested. She's bored. She's asking questions. It's almost like a white version of Funny Marco in a way, for those that have heard of Funny Marco. So she's been doing these different interviews. She did Mark Cuban. She did Tyga. She did Lil Yachty. Um, so she's basically going on doing all these interviews. So she did an interview with Drake. It went viral. 
Um, and she had on her platform, you know, Drake followed her. She followed Drake. And then when Drake came to LA, she was in character, right? So she comes to the concert in character and she's basically like standing there looking bored, right? And I really think that this clip surfacing got under Drake's skin because he unfollowed her. She unfollowed him and she removed his viral, um, interview from her platform and I was like wow because you know if you know anything about YouTube and how it works you know even after a video is older you can still get AdSense from that she's very popular so I'm sure she's monetized so taking down that video is a huge chunk of you know the money that she could make from having that video, especially because Drake hasn't done an interview, a long form interview in so long, besides the interview that he did with Lil Yachty, right? So she took the interview down. People think it's beef. I honestly think it was just that clip of her looking bored that he was like, you're taking it too far. Like I'm doing this summer tour and you know, I don't want people to think that my tour is whack or I don't know. I think it's the frail male ego. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't put all males into it, but I will say that I do think that Drake has a huge ego and he feels as though Bobby disrespected him when it came down to not breaking character and actually enjoying his show. I'm sure she enjoyed it. I'm sure there was times where she was like dancing and jumping and stuff. Maybe she just did that one particular clip for her brand so she could post something on her socials. But of course, if that's what she's putting on her socials, then that could still make him look bad. So I don't know. I think he has a fragile ego. I think it's Drake's way or no way. Um, And Bobby was like, that's fine. I'll take the interview down and we'll just move on per usual. You know, I don't know. She doesn't seem to be phased by much. But if I was her, I'd be phased by that AdSense because I'm sure <laughs> That AdSense was looking nice from that interview going viral that she no longer has access to. So that kind of stinks. Um, but this has been this week's trending topics, everybody. Stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the sports update with J-Rob. Today I'll be covering both the NBA and the NFL. Let's start with NBA news. The Phoenix Suns have announced that they will retire the jerseys of Amari Stoudemire and Sean Marion. Also in NBA news, the New York Knicks have given guard Josh Hart a four-year extension worth $81 million. And finally, in NBA news, the Basketball Hall of Fame recently inducted the 2023 class. The NBA players and coaches that were inducted in this year's class are player Pal Gasol, player Dirk Nowinski, player Tony Parker, player Dwayne Wade, and coach Greg Popovich. Now we will move to NFL news. Ex Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III has been sentenced to three to ten years in the Nevada State Prison for vehicular manslaughter and felony DUI charges. On November 2nd, 2021, Ruggs was driving his sports car while intoxicated at speeds up to 156 miles per hour when he caused an accident killing a woman and her dog. 
And finally, in NFL news, Kansas City Chiefs general manager Brett Beach has said that defensive tackle Chris Jones will not be traded despite the fact he is holding out from training camp. Jones has already racked up over $1 million in fines for holding out and not playing. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have a wonderful week. All right, T-Crew, let's get into my favorite part of the podcast, which is the deep dive. And today we are going to be talking about the Bravo NBC Universal lawsuit that has been waged by the reality stars against the network for a whole slew of items that we're going to go get into. But basically it all boils down to misconduct. So before I even get into all the nitty gritty of the lawsuit, I did talk about a few weeks ago, SAG and um, the Writers Guild striking for lack of residuals on streaming platforms. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it. I think a lot of people are confused about what they're striking over. And I think a lot of people are also confused about the average actor, right? And how everyone's not a a movie star, everyone's not a TV star, and everyone's not a lead, a character that's making millions of dollars a year. A lot of this goes back into um, the things of side actors, background, people that really need residuals to keep their life afloat, right? So this kind of ties into it in the way that reality stars have been speaking up because they have filled these gaps. Now, the last times we saw the last time we saw reality stars really kick up and have a moment was the last writer strike. Why? Because you can have reality TV without writers, even though, you know, people will say reality TV is heavily produced. It still does not require writers like a sitcom or a drama, right? So reality TV stepped in and basically provided entertainment for the entire strike until the strike was over. Um, And this is when a lot of reality stars were born in the last strike. So now reality stars are stepping up and saying, we deserve residuals too, you know? And it's not even towards the amount that you're giving the actors or the writers, but we deserve a portion of our likeness being used from now until infinity. Now, housewives like Bethany Frankel have stepped up. She said, I think her first season, she made $7,000. And uh, Nene Leakes also said their first season, she only made $10,000. And that was after producing the pilot. So for those that don't kind of know the lingo, which I just learned, by the way, when you produce a pilot, you pay for everything. So you pay for the cameras, you pay for the crew, you pay for the setup, the lighting, everything, and you make an episode. Now, from there, you can take this pilot and shop it as a concept, right? The light's not perfect. The audio's not perfect. There are things that are going on with it, but you can see by looking at this concept video of a pilot, if, if there's something there, if with more production value, with more audio, with more lighting, this could be something, right? So that's what her and Kim did. Kim Zalziak Beerman. They took this pilot and they shopped it around and Bravo bought it. And Bravo made the first season of Real Housewives of Atlanta. Now, when they did that, they paid the, each cast member 
$10,000 now, or that's what Nene was paid. So I don't know if everybody was paid 10,000 or if Nene was paid 10,000 and other cast members were paid less. I'm not sure, but even still putting that, you know, putting that pilot together, getting all your outfits together, getting your hair together, getting, you know, whatever else you need to do to be on the season together, $10,000 is not that much. And Bethany Frankel only got 7,000. Right. So they're saying that we were not paid huge amounts up front for shows that became super hits for um, reruns that are still played on Peacock to this day. That's the biggest piece of Peacock is the Housewives franchise. And then on top of the repeats, they also have, you know, Real Housewives of Miami, um, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, different spinoffs that they have that are exclusive to Peacock. So these streaming services are really making a lot of money, not to mention that some of these reruns are also played on the Bravo network at night, in the morning, whenever they need a filler. Old seasons of Housewives shows are also played then. And then there was also allegations of sexual misconduct. And a lot of people were like, how does this play in? Like, what happened? What happened? Then we have the groundbreaking episode of Below Deck, where a drunk crew member who was allowed to get drunk by production and everybody that was there wanders in to another cast member's room completely nude. And now we see how the pieces are kind of being put together. It's not always what you think, right? You're thinking, oh, they allowed them to overdrink. They allowed them to do this, they allowed them to do that. You're thinking this is all housewife shows or this is all, you know, wedding special shows or whatever. No, not necessarily. These are other franchises that are also saying that the liquor is flowing way too heavily People have psychiatric issues and we are still allowing them to eat and drink whatever they want, whenever they want, knowing about these issues. And that puts the other cast members in danger of something terrible happening to them, you know? And then you also have cast members like um, Raquel Levis, or I think it's Levis or something like that from Vanderpump Rules. She is the villain, right? That slept with somebody else's husband, I believe. I think they were married. Yeah. So that slept with somebody else's husband. Now she's getting death threats. Now, you know, she's having all these psychological issues. Was it something that was planned by production? Was it something that really happened? We don't know. You know, we can only take their word for it. And their word is sometimes no good. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like these people are putting themselves in danger from crazed fans, from cast members. You know, where is somebody going to take accountability? And I think that's where this lawsuit comes into play. Um, It's unfortunate. I will say that when Nene brought up these allegations as a black woman, she was called um, lazy. She was called incorrect. She was called a liar. She was called bitter. You know, you've just been fired and now you want to file a lawsuit. She was called um, money hungry. But when Bethany Frankel did it, everyone was like, oh, wow, these are some real concerns that we have to deal with in the reality space. Why? Because Bethany's a white woman. She's very wealthy because of her skinny girl franchises. I think she sold part, not, not, not the entire thing, but only part 
of Skinny Girl for $50 million recently. She has tons of money. She does tons of philanthropy. She's a very smart woman. She has good takes about situations. Not always, but sometimes. Um, And her being behind the helm has produced different results. You know, it's also fair to say, and I won't name them by name now, but the housewives and the other reality like figures that are not behind this lawsuit, it really does give me pause because whether this was your experience with the network or not, to not stand up for people getting what they justly deserve and their rights, knowing how the recording process is, the production process is, what kind of edit you're going to get and all that stuff, how it plays into it. It just gives me pause about their character, you know? It really does. And if you're wondering who these people are, you can look them up. You know, Bravo celebrities that have gone against the lawsuit, probably trying to protect their spot on a particular show or protect an upcoming show that they have going on or just their status with Bravo, NBC, Universal. But it, it does speak to their character. It really does. You know, that you wouldn't stand behind something like this. All right, everyone, this is the deep dive. I would love to know your comments. So please leave them. If you are listening in the Spotify app, you can go ahead and leave your comments directly in the app. If not, leave them in the comment section of either our Facebook or Instagram page. Stay tuned for our outro comments. All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. I just wanted to let you guys know that I missed you desperately next week, but I will be periodically from time to time taking weeks off um, and just making sure there's something to talk about, there's something I'm interested in and passionate about um, that I could spill the tea with you guys about. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for all the latest updates, and I love you for listening. Bye.